On this week's episode of Friend Code, we got a lot of Pokemon news to talk about. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Friend Code. I'm your host, Michael Damiani. This week, I'm joined by two very special guests, Rogers Bass and Stealth. How are you both doing? Doing good. Ready to talk about some Pokemon games. Let's go. <laughs> doing great. Exciting times. Yeah, that's right. It, it's nice to have all these uh, these events happening again. You know, not too long ago, Nintendo Direct, 50 minutes yep. of announcements, Pokemon Direct, uh, some big things. Uh, I was a little skeptical at first. So here's my, let me just give you this. I was super skeptical uh, skeptical about the Pokemon Direct only because burned by it the last few times where it has like sure. Pokemon Sleep. Here's the MOBA Pokemon. And Pokemon Brush like, Your oh, Teeth. Yeah, Brush Your Teeth. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, they're going to do this, aren't they? And then the leaks happened. And I, I didn't really see what the leaks were, but it gave me the impression there was going to be something big there. And as we saw, wow, they... Uh, yeah. They had some big news there, and I'm I'm very curious because I'm, I'll be honest, I'm one of the most least enthusiastic people about Pokemon. I enjoy when I play them, but I don't like look forward to the next one actively. So were these announcements pretty exciting in in your opinion? Do they get yeah. you excited about the future of Pokemon? A hundred percent. I mean, just speaking from my end, I'll take this first stealth. I'm glad you got the two of us here because we're both big Pokemon fans. We like the JRPGs. We like all that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm shocked, though, that you didn't think there was going to be big news in this thing because this is the big 25th anniversary of Pokemon. And in addition to that, uh, it was just time for a Diamond and Pearl remake. So I went into this completely expecting we were going to get news on that end. Now, I'm sure we'll speak to it later, but I was not expecting Pokemon of the Wild. That was entirely <laughs> out of nowhere. Um, so on the whole, yeah, I guess in terms of the announcements, plus alongside the trailer of new Pokemon Snap, I was thrilled with this Direct. But yeah, what do you think, Stealth? Yeah, I mean, I think most of us were expecting a new Pokemon Snap trailer. A lot of us were expecting Diamond and Pearl remakes. Those have been rumored for a long time. Nobody was expecting Pokemon of the Wild at all. And, no. and even when the leaks dropped, no one believed it. Um you know, until like actual video came out and then, yeah, it was like, wow, this is actually happening. Um, yeah, I mean, the I actually really like the opening where it just went through the entire brand, basically. And I was getting a little nervous because it was like eight minutes and right. the presentation was like 20. <laughs> so I'm like, if they're doing this for eight, exactly how are they going to split this out? So, yeah, I mean, I was fully expecting two of the games. The third was a big surprise, but yeah, it was very exciting. It is weird, too, because they've already announced a bunch of different Pokemon projects for Switch. So, like, two Pokemon Presents ago, they announced yeah. that Detective Pikachu is coming to Switch and that there's going to be a second Detective Pikachu game. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, wh where are those? Like, are those even coming out anymore? Did that get canceled? What's going on there? Uh, I'm actually right there with Stealth, though. I thought, okay, this is, like, eight minutes long, really. <laughs> we have a lot of things to get to. But, uh, yeah, it was all worthwhile when we saw Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. But that is also odd i don't know if we want to like start talking about the art style with that but um, yeah i'd like to start with uh with the two remakes first before yeah. jumping into pokemon legends which is gonna be massive but yeah so this is a funny thing this is the this is where i got on board with pokemon the franchise obviously i was aware of it i had seen things here and there but the first 
full playthrough of any Pokemon game that I ever did was with Diamond and Pearl. And actually were the first games, first Pokemon games I actually reviewed at game trailers back in the day. Wow. So this will be interesting to see these because I'm more familiar with these two games than even some of like the older games, honestly. But I'm curious, yeah, the, like the, the direction they're going with the visual presentation. Uh, I've seen things on both sides of the fence. I'm actually pretty pleased with it. But, you know, I'm, I'm curious, is it, is it, you know, something you're very receptive to or do you have your doubts about it? I'm, I'm more surprised they didn't just stick with Let's Go. I thought Let's mm. Go, like, had a really nice aesthetic to it. I think uh, comparatively, if you look at, like, all the games that have been on Switch, you got Let's Go, Sword and Shield, and now these Diamond and Pearl remakes. I still think Let's Go is the best looking one, just from a visual standpoint. Um, but I don't hate the little chibi versions of Dawn and the other characters as much as everybody else. Like, they definitely look like the little people toys that Fisher-Price makes, <laughs> the entire line of those toys. Um, so I, I don't know if I really like that, but I think in terms of, like, what they're trying to do with scale and having it top down again, I'm actually pretty okay with it. And I think the models in the actual battles look fine. So, yeah, I think I'm on board. I'm excited to see what Mount Coronet and some of these other areas are going to look like in HD. Yeah, I mean... I feel like the game looks like what it would have looked like if the team had this technology 15 years ago. Um, right. You know, it, it's kind of like Link's Awakening a little bit. Like, they kind of translated it exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a little shocking at first, but then, like, as the trailer went on, the art style was more and more appealing to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah, like, I have very fond memories of playing this game in my dorm at college. And uh, yeah, it'll be just fun to go back to it for sure. Yeah, for me, I have like such a nostalgic experience tied with Diamond and Pearl specifically because yeah. like those were literally my high school years. Like I remember going over to my friend's house, sitting on the patio and just playing Diamond and Pearl for like three hours straight. And this was like way back in the day where they had the Game Shark things that you would use where you can get yeah. like all the other Pokemon before the Pokedex <laughs> was unlocked. Yeah. And so we were, we like, we're trying to find Arceus long before he was confirmed in the game and like Shaman and all that fun stuff. And just discovering everything in Diamond and Pearl. The music in Diamond and Pearl is fantastic. Like I can't wait for that stuff to be remixed. And uh, yeah, on the whole, I'm just, I'm really stoked to revisit it. Yeah, I, I think the most surprising part was the developer um, yeah. who I had never heard of until this direct, but then apparently they've been a support team on a lot of other different Japanese games, but this is like, I think their first primary game. Mm. Um, yeah, I've, it, I, I see LA, I think, or it might be the other way around, but um, they've done support work on Yakuza, Dragon Quest Eleven, like they've helped out, like in the it's shadows, a good trademark. like it's a good yeah. track record, yeah. yeah, yeah, and and but but the first primary game to be Pokemon is pretty big. Like I don't know how you can go back to just supporting other studios when you know your first primary game is going to sell probably ten plus million units, right? <laughs> yeah, I was surprised too. Uh, so it's I L C A all capitalized. Uh, yeah, uh, but uh, uh, Junichi Masuda is still going to oversee the project as director. Yeah. Um, so it's like being co-directed um, by was it Yuichi uh, Ueda from ILCA. But yeah, it's like, how are they going to do this <laughs> and Legends? <laughs> so this is coming late 2021. And then yeah. we'll, we'll get into, we'll get into Legends yeah. in, a, in a little bit. But like that's early 2022. It's like, wait, Game Freak is like going to be maxed out. Wow. But then it's like, <laughs> oh, they're bringing on help. So yeah, it was surprising. See, they do have a nice office. I'm seeing some some pics of ILCA's office. Also, Game Freak has an amazing office, just from pictures. Oh yeah, Game Freak has a super cool one. Yeah, yeah. So it's it funny, seems though, like they're that... very confident in this developer, though, to to carry this out. 
Yeah, and I actually feel pretty confident having seen more of the game too, because something that I saw in one of the screenshots is there's a character who's an NPC in uh, whatever the second town is in the game. It's like the, the grass trainer's village. And there's an NPC that's present in the footage that is not in the original Diamond and Pearl, but is a character from the Platinum version of the games. And I think one of the big Ooh. things that people brought up with Oris is why wasn't there Emerald content? Like, understandably, you're remaking Ruby and Sapphire, but like, personally, as a Pokemon fan, I did not like Oris. I think that is one of the, my least favorite entries in the entire series. I thought the remix music wasn't particularly good. I liked the Zinnia stuff, but on the whole, I think the changes they made, uh, especially where like they give you Latias halfway through the game was just like very bizarre. Um, and so I am really excited to see that, okay, they are gonna be pulling stuff from the other games. And does that mean like we're gonna get the distortion world from Platinum? in HD, like that would be really cool. Are we gonna end up getting the Arceus, um, like the journey with Cynthia from Diamond and Pearl and Platinum as well, like the extra bonus missions? I think that'll be great. Um, and the other thing I wanted to bring up too is that obviously the day and night cycle is back as well. And mm -hmm. you can see it in some of the screenshots. Uh, in particular, there's one with like Drifloon waiting outside the windmill area. And it just looks really, really pretty. So I'm excited to actually see how, you know, it transitions from day to sunset to night and what that's gonna look like in game. Yeah, I thought Platinum's extra content was particularly good. Not even yeah. just the, the distortion world, but the battle frontier. I mean, yes. and that was something that everyone wanted in the last remix that, that you mentioned that just didn't show up. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I really do want the Platinum content. I, I think that would silence a lot of the critics. I agree. Yeah, I mean, given what they've shown, especially when we got into Legends yet, I mean, I have my theories about why they're going with that direction, but this could have just been, you know, the Pokemon Company and Game Freak specifically taking that criticism to to Alpha. Is it? It's oh, is it a Alpha? Alpha uh, Omega Ruby Alpha. Thank Sapphire. you. I was like, it's like it's Sapphire Ruby. Just which say Oris. Oris is, Oris Oris. is easier. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's like yeah, but the yeah the criticisms you had, like I felt kind of like that too because while I didn't play the originals, well, I played that like when like many years like the late errors of game trailer late years of game trailers i played and i was like this is kind of a weak entry compared to what i've been playing and i was like uh maybe i'm just chalking up to being old and i saw like oh there's like the third one emerald and there's none of that content in here like well where's the emerald remake oh they're not doing it okay then sure why won't you include the content so this makes this line of thinking makes perfect sense to me that they include the platinum continent in here yeah and i, I think especially when you yeah when you look at like uh, Heart Gold Soul Silver as well, like those games also had a Battle Frontier, despite the fact there was no Battle Frontier in Johto. And you know, I still like all the quality of life changes they added to Let's Go Pikachu. I'm actually replaying it right now on my Switch. I haven't played it since it first came out, and I'm having a lot of fun with it. I feel like that is the best version of Gen One now. You've got these HD graphics, really beautiful music, um, like really cool variety in the Pokemon as well. Like I forgot that the original route in the original Red, Blue, and Yellow didn't have Oddish on it, but you get Oddish like on the very first route when you're going through Let's Go Pikachu. And there's a lot of little things like that that change up the game. So uh, yeah, I have, I have a lot of faith. I think Diamond and Pearl, in fact, I feel like I have more faith in these games than I do in Pokemon of the Wild, Pokemon Legends, whatever you want to call it. Oh, interesting. We'll, we'll talk about that, so well, yeah. Of individual Pokemon, I want to ask you this. Who is your starter from Diamond and Pearl? Like who will you be oh. picking as your starter? Piplup, all day, every okay. day, is the correct answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, mine was Piplup, too. 
Wow, we're let's go. Tri- tri- triples. Yeah, I hey, said triples, on stream, I said I can't be friends with anyone who doesn't pick Fip up as their <laughs> starter Pokemon. So, I mean, I feel like there's always a clear Wait, choice, here. and that's the one. I do think, though, Gen 4 of almost all the generations has three really nicely designed starter Pokemon. Like, I do genuinely like all three of them. I think Chimchar is my least favorite, but I still think at the end of the day, all three of their designs are, are pretty good. And Chimchar makes up for it with his evolution in Infernape. Infernape is like a beautifully yeah. designed starter. Yeah. I'm kind of curious. How do you feel about the, the designs of the legendary Pokemon in Diamond and Pearl of uh, Dialga and uh, Love Pal- Palkia? Love them. They yeah. just look like these beastly dragon creatures. I feel like that was the last time I really felt like, oh man, these legendary Pokemon are epic feeling. I feel like with Sun and Moon, you had like the Lion and Lunala. And they had cool designs with the cosmic elements. And, uh, you know, in black and white, I think Reshiram and Zekrom were cool ideas, but then you get to Kyurem and you're like, what is this husk of a dragon? Like, I understand the idea behind it where you merge it to get like the, the other versions with Reshiram and Zekrom, but I feel like that entire trio plus having Arceus as like the head of all of it being the God Pokemon was just the best. Yeah. Gen four rocked in terms of legends. Yeah. I thought, I thought they were really, really cool. And um, I'm hoping even though they're two separate games, we can get both in one game, kind of like what we could do in Platinum. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just hoping that's the case. Um, but yeah, these were like super cool, like, oh, one's a god Pokemon, one's space and time. It's like, you know, it's just crazy. And then kind of death, right? With distortion world and like yeah. technical, what's he supposed to actually be over? It's like there is there's a, a thing for it in the games. I just don't know off the top of my head. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. Of the announcements though, I think it's safe to say not only did it take almost everyone by surprise if you avoided the leaks, but just what it was. Like, even if you've read the leaks, I think just you had to be- see it to believe it. Game Freak making a, a Pokemon of the wild, Pokemon Legends coming early 2022. And even the website says a bold new direction. And yep, I can't believe they're actually doing this. I'm shocked. I'm not sure if you two are as shocked as I am, but like, I never, I thought like these games sell so well. What incentive do they have to take a big risk like this? Yeah, I, I tweeted out immediately following that I was flabbergasted. That is the best way to describe how I felt because I had not seen the leaks. I did my reaction live. And uh, to me, I feel like with all the complaints that Game Freak got about Sword and Shield, it just seems bizarre that now like, okay, we're moving into the open, open world kind of environment type deal and there are things in the trailer that concerns me i'm excited Mm. like i think it's a step in the right direction but like the two fps uh chingling the little baby version of chimcho or whatever its name is it's like floating in the background literally moving like it's a slideshow and i understand that the game is very early in development and this i think is actually the earliest game freak has ever shown us a game in development um but i definitely have a lot of concerns and i i like sword and shield I have faith in Game Freak, but I know a lot of people do not. Um, so I am. I am more concerned about this than I am Diamond and Pearl. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a bold direction, but not too bold because they're, they're still turn-based combat. They, they were not getting rid of that. Right. Um, yeah, I, I definitely have the same concerns that it just didn't look good running. Um, the screenshots on the website look beautiful, um, but in action the game still needs a lot of time in the oven which yeah. thankfully it's not coming out next month it's coming out next year so um it'll, it'll have that time but yeah i, I definitely do have those concerns i want to see hmm. is there only one town is that the one town that you get and then you're just exploring 
Um, are there people in the town? We didn't see any. You know, these are things that we'll probably learn about. But yeah, I mean, I'm not yeah. like, yeah, I'm gonna buy it probably day one, no matter what. But I do have concerns. Yeah, yeah, concern. Uh, it it didn't. It looked rough, and I get it. I think it was a good. It was good form though, to be honest and show people because, like, as you said, Game Freak usually doesn't do this. They usually don't show At you all. a game no. this early, and especially a game that's gonna be so radically different. I think they need to get feedback ASAP. And I think they knew they were going to get like criticism about the performance of the game, but like other things you were pointing out. So like, are there going to be more villagers in the village? Is there all, like, that's the stuff I think they're more interested in hearing because there's something they can maybe consider. But Roger, I want to ask you this because our, uh, our easy allies chat told me you said the same thing when yeah. seeing the game and like, like seeing the performance of the game, I made a crack about how they need to get, they need to drive down the street 11 miles or wherever it is down to monolith soft's office there right and get takahashi and be like uh can we borrow you guys Yo, <laughs> get the xenoblade team to work on this it'll be great well especially because like the open world environments in chronicles definitive edition and in xenoblade chronicles 2 i think just looks so good um and yeah if they can get them to help this at all i think it'll end up doing them wonders yeah I, I mean, yeah, I, I saw it made sense. I mean, it was funny, but like in all seriousness, I mean, we have to imagine Breath of the Wild sequels further along, probably closer to completion in that sure. they did originally come into OG Breath of the Wild's development cycle a little bit later uh, when they were like, the Zelda team was like, ah, we're having some trouble with the open world nature of this game. We Let's talk with Monolith off. They have a little bit more expertise in this. I wouldn't be surprised if even if it's later in development, like later in this year, we hear Monolith Soft might be joining, like sending some of their team members just to help get them on track like not on track but yeah. like just help smooth out the edges a bit yeah i mean i'm surprised they even committed to early 2022 yeah, um, you know they, they they they, they could have just said 2022 everyone would have been happy with that no one would have said anything but the fact that they yeah. committed to early 2022 it yeah. is i mean could it get delayed yeah. a little farther probably but they're i mean to me that means before march that's um, how I take it as well. Exactly. And, and Game Freak is known this for being fisc- very consistent. Year, yeah. This, yeah. When they announce something, usually year. it comes out when they announce it. And uh, yeah, I, I'm also very concerned about that because it does seem like this could have been their big holiday game next year. But that also says to me that maybe they already have plans for what they're going to do holiday of 2022. And they don't necessarily want to compete having a Pokemon game and then whatever this other major title is going to be. Um yeah, I, I don't know. And I also think it's very odd that they committed to early 2022 so, as well. I feel like that means it's going to be February or March. The thing, here's my line of thinking. Tell me if I'm crazy here, but this is where my mind goes to seeing all this and some other factors outside of Pokemon. I feel like this gives me, in my mind, when I saw available early 22, 2022, excuse me, my mind immediately jumped to now I have a deadline for where Switch Pro is coming out. Because right. this game is to me is absolutely going to be on switch pro and i think they can't show it running better because that would also tip off if this looked beautiful 30 frames people would be like wait a second that was that was game freak making an open world game what, what they know, i don't i don't i don't believe that i don't think they would because again xenoblade can run on the switch so yeah but that's, xenoblade, but that's monolith soft yeah. so like the no yeah, mention of yeah. like no mention of monolith soft people would be like Maybe if it was Molotov, I could believe this, but like this is people would start suspecting something was up, I think. But even yeah. if that's too much of a jump, I do think with Breath of the Wild 2, probably 
best case scenario, maybe in the holiday title of this year, this, the leak from Capcom about uh, of Resident Evil Revelations 3, what is it called? Uh, Outrage or whatever, the project. Oh, I didn't even know that's coming Apparently out. Apparently it's coming awesome. out within a year after RE's uh, Village hits in May. Mm. And that game probably is going to, like, I think, I think it's setting up for a pro within the next 12 months. We also have not seen anything about Metroid Prime 4 either, and I feel like that's something that would absolutely benefit from being on a on some type of man. Yeah, seriously, retro like Metroid Prime was a showpiece for the GameCube. It was like yeah, yeah, that was a technological achievement. I I, with now retro behind it again, I would think they'd want to you know if they had an option to take advantage of a better hardware, and I would imagine they'd be like, please just let us develop for this. Like, but I don't know. This it gets into a tricky situation though uh with switch pro i'm sorry we're switching gears but it is related to this because the performance if this game doesn't run any better than what we see here marginally better on an og switch what happens when switch pro is the only one that can run it at like a stable 30 do people have older the older systems like the original or light do they now start to feel left behind as these like bigger games start to take advantage of pro if that's if that's what happens i get worried about that that it might split even though it's not a step up to a switch two how big can that bump be before you do start to split the base? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Nintendo's holding off on a hypothetical Switch Pro as long as they can, just because Switch is selling so well. Like it, it's selling better and better every single year. It's 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 it's, it's pro- it might even outpace the PS4 by next year. Um, you know, at the at the rate things are going. Um, you know, so I don't think they're in particularly any rush and. Yeah, I mean, you know, I feel like people had the same conversation about the split with 3DS. Sure. Um, with DS, DS oh. certain, to a certain extent. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's, it's going to be interesting to see, like, what, what game... Because, you know, when, when, whenever they launch a new system like that, they have, like, one big game that comes with it. Is it going to be Pokemon or is it going to be Zelda? Um, we just don't know. But, like, I, I just... They're just not ru- they're not rushing they're not rushing it to market for sure. Yeah, and I, like you said, why would they? I mean, if you yeah. look at their financials right now, they are on track to beat the Wii by the end of this year, and they're projecting yeah. it. They're literally like, yeah, we're going to sell another twenty million. Like it's going to happen. <laughs> so they're they're most likely going to beat the Wii this holiday season. And even without a price drop, you got a new Pokemon game that's coming out this holiday season with the Diamond and Pearl remakes. That's going to get a oh, lot yeah. of people invested in getting a Switch. You know, yeah. there's going to be some type of like Zelda edition Switch for the 25th anniversary or the 35th, 35th anniversary, yeah. excuse me. Then you also know there's probably going to be some type of Pokemon related switch <laughs> oh, bundle yeah. as well. So, oh, I yeah. mean, with all of these other bundles on the way, Monster Hunter Rise comes out at the end of next month. That's going to be huge for Japan. No doubt about it. I mean, they're, they're going to outpace their sales. So then let, let me ask you this to get back to Pokemon then. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because everything's been selling well, especially Pokemon. Do you have any ideas or any like beliefs about why they decided to go in this direction with Pokemon Legends Arceus? Why why would they go with an open world style Pokemon when their games sell so well? Like what what do you yeah. think their thinking is? Can you even guess at that? I have a weird theory, actually. I okay. actually don't even think I've even ever talked to Stealth about this. We usually will DM each other random things or what's not, but I don't think we've ever actually had this discussion. No. Um, I think they're getting to a point where there's almost too many Pokemon. And I think they realize they can't just keep doing multiple generations each you know, time there's new hardware. Because up to this point, there's usually been about two generations. We had um, you know, the original, red, blue, and yellow, and then gold and silver, and that was on Game Boy. Game Boy Advance had ruby, sapphire, emerald, but then DS had diamond, pro, platinum, 
the remakes, Heart Gold, Soul Silver, and Black and White, and Black and White 2, and then 3DS had X and Y and Sun and Moon. And so we're looking at these really long lifespans for these systems, and I think judging on, you know, Switch's lifespan right now, we're probably looking at that for Switch 2, and they're probably thinking, okay, we don't necessarily want to do another whole generation yet. Uh, Let's Go was obviously successful. Let's Go is still one of the top 10 best-selling games on the entire system. Pokemon Sword and Shield is the third best-selling Pokemon game of all time. So I think they're like, all right, well, let's try to go in a different direction then. Maybe let's do another side series. And then that way they can sort of hold off doing a whole other generation, introducing all these other Pokemon. And I think, you know, they'll probably end up having new regional variants in whatever this Legends game is going to be. They're probably going to do something. I can't imagine they're going to make this whole Pokemon game and then not implement at least one or two new Pokemon, either new legendaries or um, Sinoian versions or whatever they're going to do. Um, and I think that's kind of where things are going right now. I think we're sort of looking at Pokemon games being once per console generation alongside like a Let's Go-ish remake in addition to this Legends line sort of being its own thing. Because I really do think if you look at like the lore of Pokemon, there's a lot of really interesting stuff they could do with Legends. Like you think back to Johto, the Ruins of Alf, uh, you know, the idea of Johto before the Burn Tower incident happened. There's a lot of really cool things they could do with ancient Pokemon or really looking on the other side of things, they can go full futuristic with it. They could do like a far future Unova or they could do a far future Alola or something like that. Um, so the possibilities are kind of endless and I could see them wanting to revisit some of those older generations, but doing it sort of in a different remixed way and still utilizing the Pokemon they already have. I mean, we're also seeing it with this game too. They're sort of remixing the starters. We've got Zyndaquil, Rowlet, and Oshawott and they're bringing in these starters from other generations, ones that are obviously popular and also Pokemon that are directly related to the environment they're sort of developing. Like with Sinnoh, obviously this is very much based on feudal Japan. You've got Zyndaquil sort of representing charcoal and gunpowder. You've got Rowlet as the, you know, the stereotypical archer. And then you've got Ashwat, no doubt, of course, becoming the samurai. It just, it makes sense. Yeah, and I feel like the sun and the uh, Sword and Shield DLC just wrapped up. Like, it hasn't been that long since it wrapped up. Right. Um, and normally after a main gen, we get the remakes, and that's what Diamond and Pearl are. Um, you know, I, I agree with Roger. I think this is them wanting to take it in a completely different story direction. Because when you have a main game, you have to have the Pokemon League. You have to have the gyms. There are right. certain things you have to have. And if you go to the website, they were very specific there are no trainers. There is no league. Um, so whatever this story is, it's going to be very, very different than you know what, what everyone has experienced before. Um, and I just think they wanted to do something very, very different. Um, this isn't to say like you know, and you know, I agree. Like DS and 3DS got a ton of Pokemon games, but in like another two years, there's probably going to be another gen. Um, yeah. So I, this is like Gale of Darkness. You know, like even on GameCube, they had other kinds of Pokemon games. Um, you know, it just a lot of them, you know, they were Uh-oh. like, you know, the handhelds got like the main Pokemon games and like the consoles got these weird spinoffs like Snap. And, and, and now, you know, Switch is getting everything. Um, so Snap and, you know, we're seeing like the RPGs as well. Yeah. Um, you're, yeah, the, how you, both of you phrased it. <laughs> I think your explanation is a little bit more plausible. It makes it makes a lot of sense actually, because I was just trying to wrap my head about right why they want to do so, like lore reasons, and 
easing up like the development expectations seems like a a good thing. My I, my my great my theory probably sounds stupid now. <laughs> mine was that mine was that the executive sat down, looked at Breath of the Wild, and said, "Zelda game, like how much this game is selling? It's like it's twenty plus million units sold, and like look at how Zelda has historically sold. Now a single individual title cracked ten million copies on its own. So it's like, hmm." Look how much of a percentage jump it was by going with a big open world Breath of the Wild and being ambitious. Now apply that to Pokemon. What's the best song Pokemon? And then add that percentage increase. They're like, oh, that's a lot of money. It's like, so mine was like greed. It was like someone finally convinced I mean, them. That partially, like- I'm sure it is that too, right? I mean, there was, a, there was a really popular piece of fan art that came out right after Breath of the Wild was released where it was like, imagine if this was real. And it was a Pokemon trainer standing in an open world environment with like real-time Pokemon battles. And now, oh, look at this. Suddenly now you can seamlessly transition into Pokemon battles in an open world environment so you know i'd be shocked if somebody over at game freak didn't see that image years ago and go you know this is actually a really good idea and people clearly want this yeah i mean i I was joking around saying you know right now they have two games in the top 10 best selling um switch games uh sword and shield and let's go and i was like you know they probably want the majority because because both diamond (laughs) and pearl and legends are also going to be in so they're going to have four games in the top 10 oh, easily yeah. easy uh, easy so i think they just wanted to be greedy yeah, they're yeah. cutting from mario kart <laughs> yeah <laughs> the internal challenge but uh to your point about uh some of the things you said about the changes of this one like uh design wise it is going in a different direction but also it comes with different expectations i want to talk about uh you know some of the concerns we talked about performance concerns earlier roger but yeah. things that might not be present in this game, it looks ambitious. It looks big. What, what if, like, would people be dissatisfied if, like, everything we're kind of seeing on, like, the homepage, like, is this an island? It's just, like, it's not as big as we think it is, and it's, like, just a big battle frontier or something like that. Like, would that satisfy you, or? I mean, I, I'm only speaking from my own personal experience. I don't think a lot of people would necessarily agree with me. Um, I actually think Sword and Shield would have been even better if the whole game was just a wild area. Like, oh. I think the most fun thing in Sword and Shield was running around, doing Dynamax raids, discovering new Pokemon, and exploring the wild area. And that literally is what this is. It's just a t- one giant wild area is what it looks like. So, yeah, I mean, if the one town that we've seen is sort of like a hub, similar to when you're playing something like Monster Hunter, and it's, like, really fleshed out, obviously right now there's not really any villages or anything to do, it looks like. But I think, again, it's very early in development. They could do a lot of cool things. If this is like your hub world, and then you take off from this one area and you go to all these other, you know, open world environments, you get to go see like old Mount Coronet, you get to see like old Lake Verity, all that kind of stuff. I think it could be really fascinating. Um, I think I'm more wondering how the battles are going to be, because it does look turn based based on a little bit of footage that we've seen, but also they classified it as an action RPG. And action RPGs are not turn-based. So, yeah. And we've seen like other things in the game that could allude to it potentially not just being, you know, turn-based battles. So I am I am curious to see what they're going to do with, you know, the gameplay as a whole. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of towns and Pokemon games. I like talking to all the NPCs and everything. But if it is more like Monster Hunter where there's one big hub world and, you know, you have the different vendors and, you know, the different people you can talk to um that could be cool too but they have to do that like really right to be interesting um right yeah and we just haven't seen that yet and in in terms of the battles 
they do look turn-based, and I'm not sure if they consider it an action RPG because the characters can like run around and dodge mm-hmm. and roll and things like that. Um, you know, uh, there were battles that we saw that were happening without like the HUD, um, and I, I forget the scene, but 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 there were there there, there were there were a few where you know. Po- the, the Pokemon with the trainers were attacking other Pokemon and, the, and there was no HUD. So I was wondering what, what that was going to be. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just curious about the. I just want to know more really about like that, that like feudal Japanese town village area. Um, just because we just didn't see anything of it. Yeah. Maybe the, maybe the turn-based stuff we saw is maybe like, that's like the first time you get a new Pokemon and you fight with it, they give you like a tutorial or maybe it's like the opening tutorial. I don't remember which Pokemon they were using in that clip, but perhaps well, you see the, like, I think it's Gallade and Garchomp is what yeah, they show. I wonder if they're just like trying yeah. to in, in, introduce a new mechanic. They're like, hey, let's take it slow. Well, you know, what's because obviously they're going to overteach you in a, in a, in a game-free game. You know, they're going to like, make sure you understand it. We're going to drill it into your head. All right, now go use it in like the regular battle system. This is how it works. You know, it could have been like a red herring at that, that HUD UI or something, or there were just maybe two different types of battles in this game that we're just not yeah. aware of yet. There is a lot of interesting stuff though, even in that little clip they showed of the gameplay where you could see it's like, oh, a noticeable improvement on things that really should have been in Pokemon a long time ago. Like there's one thing you'll notice in that clip with Garchomp and Gallade where they're fighting each other. The trainer's head tracks the movement of their Pokemon oh, and nice. like actually looks at them this time. Garchomp, when Gallade's running up to him, like moves his head up and goes like, oh man, you're here. <laughs> and there's there's minor little details like that where the Pokemon aren't just like standing still in an idle animation and then get hit and go, and then back off and then continue to go again, you know? So I think all those little details are gonna make the battles, I think really cool if they're able to actually pull it off. My main concern is like the overworld, because like mm. I said, when you see the pre-evolution of Chimeco or whatever, and it's going up and down, and it looks like it's two FPS, or yeah. when she's catching the shakes, it just it looks real, real rough. Yeah, I think I think there was also a shot with Chimchar being caught as well, yes. and the Chimchar was kind of moving like left to right, like right. it was a robot, and it just it just didn't look good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I. Yeah, because the. I'm just trying to be fair, looking back to how like they unveiled Breath of the Wild, like it's very first teaser. Yeah. Just that like sure. one shot. And it's like, yeah, like because I'm I, when you talk about overworld, Roger, I care more about variety. I don't want it to all mm-hmm. look like just like grass, like mountain in the area. I know that's sure, sure. where it is, but yeah. it's like, will there be like as we go up the mountain, like will there actually be snow up there? You know, we'll, we'll I, I think so. Yeah, will there be the challenge? Yeah, I'm mean, expecting if doing, that. If they're doing feudal Sinnoh, I mean you're yeah. still gonna see like the area where Snow Point City will eventually be. You're still exactly. gonna get like the volcano with heat ran. There's um, a lot yeah. of stuff that are, they're gonna be. Yeah, in are they like I'm expecting yeah. those things to be there and I'd like to yeah, see yeah. them. But also a tenant of big Pokemon games, especially the mainline games, is multiplayer. How, if any, are they going to do multiplayer in this in, in Pokemon I, Legends? I don't think there's really going to be oh. beyond transferring Pokemon into like Pokemon Home or something. I actually don't think there's going to be. I think this is mostly going to be a single player experience. And if there is multiplayer, then maybe I could see them doing like something similar to raid battles. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Like yeah. But that, I mean, that's it. Like, I don't think we're going to get traditional Pokemon battles in this game. It, yeah, I don't the trainers, so. I should clarify. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I was thinking about the possibility of like having like co-op play. Like if you're like the male character, then someone could play the female character. Um, so something like that. But yeah, I, I, I don't think multiplayer is the focus of this game. I think it's the story with Arceus and, 
and, and whatever they're going for. I think this is just yeah. a single player game, like the game, like the GameCube games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it makes sense. I was like you, Roger. I thought maybe like like they're equivalent of like a raid battle in this, like whatever the Dynamax right. will be, whatever the heck it is that you know you can just temporarily and it, it makes an instance for you and just like oh you're gonna fight in this little small area and after yeah. it's over you go your separate ways and then obviously through uh, Pokemon Home, I, I imagine this game's gonna be integrated with Pokemon Home. I don't know if they've already added that to the bottom of the web page. But also just you know for trades and stuff like that. But I am, uh, uh, let me let me ask you this: uh, because they're going in a bold new direction, it's time to think crazy, think big. What are things you'd love to see them try and do in this that like they, ha- they haven't done before? And like, man, please do something like this now. And like, this is your chance now. You're doing something new. I'd like to see this. Things that they've never done before. I mean, to be honest, I feel like I want very basic things that you get in open world games. I want mounts. I want something very similar to like Breath of the Wild. How you just randomly run to a bear or run to like a horse and just jump on its back. I want that. I want it where like you're seeing a Charizard fly by and you're like, you know what? I'm all in. You lasso the Charizard, jump on its back and fly around the sky. Like that kind of thing is what I actually want in the game. And if they're able to pull that off successfully, where you see like a wild Tauros or something and you jump on its back and you're riding, I think that could be really, really cool. But beyond that, like I really... I don't really care. Like, I just want the battles to be fun and I want the story to be good. That's it. And that's, that's my baseline. That's what my expectations are. And that's what okay. I want to actually hit. Okay. Um, I feel like if I set myself up for anything else, I'm going to be disappointed because I also sort of have to take into consideration. This is game freaks first, like major open world game. And so I, I'm not really like expecting too much. Like I don't also really want, Breath of the Wild dungeons or anything like well, that. Yeah, maybe like, not like not that. Pokemon like, related thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like I'm with you on flying mounts. I'll be severely disappointed. There's Please. no flying mount at some point in this game. Please. Maybe maybe quality of life stuff, Roger. Like stuff uh, that they uh. haven't really done. It. Like, man, I wish they'd simplify or make this more accessible or streamline this thing. Like any of that that's ever just like you know stuck in the back I mean, of your let's head. Let's go. Had a lot of that stuff. Like I think I really like what Let's Go do with the Pokemon boxes, where you basically had all of your Pokemon with you at all times, and you could switch out on the fly between like, okay, you got your main six, but you don't have to go to a Pokemon Center to do it. Um, I think that like revolutionized the game. So I hope they do something similar to that, where it's not like you're in this open world and oh, you caught six Pokemon now, you got to go back to the hub world before you go back out again. Um, you know, bringing back the following Pokemon in a way where it actually makes sense. I feel like they brought back the following Pokemon with the uh, with the Isle of Armor. sword and shield but then the pokemon were really really slow behind you and i was just concerned about that i'm like why are they doing it like this when literally it was perfect already and let's go just bring over the stuff from let's go um yeah beyond that again i i really i don't know i feel like we're in unprecedented territory i don't really have any expectations and i don't really know what i would want them to do stealth like what do you want yeah yeah i've had trouble thinking about that um you know again i just want the battles to be good like roger said i want the story to be good um you know i I guess if there's one thing um you know pokemon isn't really super known for its like side quests and things um you know i'm not even sure like how they would handle it or what they would do um but like learning just more about like old pokemon world like that that's super interesting to me yeah so, like, give me, like, side quests where they're learning about a Pokemon that they've never seen for the first time, and it's one that we know about, but, like, they don't. Like, I, th- I think that could be super cool, where it's, like, they're, they're discovering Pokemon. Um, but, yeah, like, flying like flying mounts has to be a thing. Yeah. Yes. Oh, man. Yeah, it's just, uh, 
because they have it and breath like that's the, one of the big things i want from breath of wild sequels like if it's not all underground or something it's like a flying yeah. out of some kind and it's just I'm like i'm shocked there weren't loft wings honestly like i was truly shocked there were not loft wings hey. in breath of the wild floating so floating island skyward sword hd it's like yo come on put loft wings in breath yeah they of wild did announce skyward sword hd is the first one of the yeah <laughs> hey it's a sign roger they're yeah. coming the loft wing that's yeah. the first time we see the next trail of breath of wild it'll be like riding on a loft wing like Whoa, another Skyward Sword HD trail, but like, cool. wait, this looks really good though. Like, it's like why is it? Oh, I get it. Well, the other, the other thing about this too is if you go back and you look at you know things that were in Breath of the Wild, and then also things that are potentially going to be in this, and then also things that are in you know previous Pokemon games. I just think the idea of flying around an open world environment with Pokemon that we've known and loved for all these generations that we couldn't do that with before would really revolutionize the game. I mean, I really think it would it would make my experience a lot better. Because I think to other open world games that Nintendo's developed, and one in particular that's coming to mind is Xenoblade Chronicles X, where you could jump into giant scales and really see the scope of the environment. And again, you know, we're looking at two FPS Pokemon running around in this open world environment. So I don't really know how things are going to look with draw distance or how that's going to yeah. work in the game. Um, but I mean, in an ideal situation, right? You're in that hub world, you release your Charizard or Arceus even, whatever. And you jump on its back and you're literally flying around the environment of all of ancient Sinnoh. And while you're in the sky, you see like a Pokemon you haven't seen before and you swoop down and then seamlessly enter this battle. Like that's what I would really, really want. Um, yeah. Do I think it's going to be that? No, I don't. I think it's going to be maybe you fly <laughs> to certain situations, you get down on the ground and then maybe it transitions. But uh, you know, in an ideal world, yeah, that's what the game would be like. Yeah, part of me feels like if they were that technically sound to implement that that would have been in the in the reveal trailer like at the very <laughs> yeah. beginning rad, rather than like the breath of the wild pan out on a mountain like they would have there would have been like on the back of a flying pokemon they would have jumped off or something yeah. um you know something crazy like that but yeah i mean they're like it, and you know we're, we're we're giving the first trailer a lot of flack but you know we don't know how old that build is right. um you know you know obviously they can't like they they stop they do the build but then they keep going so like we don't know how far along the game actually is compared to that trailer um i'm and, and you know they still have a long long way to go so hopefully um you know they can get that sorted out yeah and then of course that throws into question too like what else they're planning on including from the game and this is something damiani brought up earlier too with like the environments the variety of the different environments yeah. um again sino is like such a rich region in terms of different terrain and also different things they could do, right? Like if Dialga and Palkia are introduced in this, we might go into the cosmos at one point, like, or Giratina going into a distortion world. Like what would an open world distortion would look like? Like discovering Giratina for the first time, that could be really interesting. Uh, going underwater, even like jumping on the back of like a Kingdra and then having like a scuba thing and going underwater would be really cool. Um, again, I just don't know how much of that they're yeah. going to implement. And I think they got to get the stuff right first on the main terrain, running around these open world environments before you even test the waters, no pun intended, with some of the other stuff. Yeah, I do, I, as exciting as some of these possibilities are, just like with the Zelda team in Breath of the Wild, I think they gotta get their footing first and establish a right. good foundation. So I'm, I'm with you that, I think they're gonna do, play it a little bit more safe with this one. And once they kind of find their rhythm and the pipeline for developing this, uh, because I have to believe that this title, Pokemon Legends, it's like, this is going to be a series. 
and then like whatever the next yeah legendary right. that you're talking already talking about roger like whatever next one they want to pick that we go back to explore you know it's history you know they can build upon that in in the sequels and so on from there yeah and the nice thing is too i i really do like the rhythm they sort of have going i hope and pray that pokemon legends is going to be amazing because i think if they have three main series going at any given time on all these systems they've got a let's go series that works as a nice introduction you've got the mainline series a generation as well as like a remake of a previous generation and then a legends game that revisits another generation but with a twist that's ideal because then they really only have to do one major generation. You're not constantly getting, you know, another bird Pokemon, another rat Pokemon, whatever. Like you don't need to have all these other Pokemon filling up the decks. They could really take their time to get to a thousand. And uh, I don't know. I'm just like, I'm excited to see other regions in this type of form. Like I brought up Johto already, but how cool would it be if the next thing we move on from after Legends Arceus is that you move on to like Legends Johto and it's Ho-Oh and Lugia before the Burnt Tower incident happens and before the legendary dogs ran off and you get like this old, oh my God, like I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting tickles thinking about it. Like you get the ruins of Elf with Unknown before the glyphs were on the wall and like, and then they could pair that with a Let's Go Johto and revisit like modern, oh, oh man. I want it so badly. And I think there's so many cool opportunities. They could do this with Ruby and Sapphire and Emerald, with Zinnia and the stuff that's in the tower where they could then do Pokemon Legends with Deoxys and Rayquaza and go to space with this. I mean, like, the possibilities are really endless. And uh, and I just, I really just hope that this experiment ends up being something that's amazing. That then two years from now, we're like, man, Pokemon Legends is one of the coolest Pokemon games, isn't it? I can't wait till they do another one. As opposed to being like, Oh, Pokemon Legends was a weird experiment. Like, I hope they don't go back to that. <laughs> it's like Yellow Darkness. Well, I <laughs> forgot about it. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, this whole thing reminds me a little bit of Phoenix Wright. Like, we had a lot of Phoenix Wright games in the present, and then they had some in, yeah. like, feudal Japan. Sure. Um, sure. Which are also rumored to be coming, but that's another story. But, you know, <laughs> it, it just, you know, all the Pokemon games have been pretty much in the present, you know, like, the present, quote unquote. Right. Of, right. of the Pokemon world, but like going to the past that like opens up a lot of different story possibilities. And Roger, you alluded to this. What about going to the future? Yes. Um, you know, and, and, and what, what, and what could happen there? Like, like, I, I feel like Pokemon, although Pokemon legends that, that, that kind of says, says to me, like, okay, there's a lot of stories in the past about these legendary Pokemon and how humans interact with them. And, you know, now we could finally tell those stories without being hampered by, okay, we need to fight the eight gym leaders and, right. and, and, and do all that stuff, which if you didn't, if you didn't have that in a main game, people would freak out. Um, but because this is a different thing, they can experiment and go crazy. Yeah. Something else I just thought about too, in terms of another generation, they, in fact, I'm sure they've already thought of all the stuff we're bringing up. I'm sure. But like yeah. something else I thought of in terms of a legends game that could work really nicely is the whole story in X and Y about the ancient war with Pokemon. Oh, yeah. Like that's literally yeah. a whole plot line. They yeah. could do a whole game of just that and explain the ancient war. And that would be so cool to actually go and visit. So yeah. Hey. Pokemon timeline stuff is about to start yeah. happening. It's about to become yeah. relevant. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, which Pokemon will cause the split in the Pokemon timeline? Right. <laughs> well, to be fair, they kind of already did that with Oris, yeah. where they're like, okay, there's these multiple universes. They did that with Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon as well, bringing in like the different teams oh, really? for different generations. Sun yeah. Moon's the one I have not touched. I haven't touched anything. Yeah, but I mean, they've, they've already gone full-fledged into the other timeline stuff so and i just think that certain generations would work really well for the past like x and y and uh gold and silver and certain ones like like um 
a sun and moon in particular, I think it'd be really cool in the far future because they're already building out Alola or mm. something like Ruby, Sapphire, Emerald, where you've got ties to Rayquaza, Deoxys, the space station. That's all stuff they could potentially do in the far future. And then they could even split it up even more, have a past game and a future game where the people are like, okay, the next one's going to be a past game. What generation are they going to go to? And then really get the, you know, speculation churning. So. Yeah. That, uh, this is, this is, this is, you have sufficiently gotten me a little bit more enthousi- enthusiastic about the, the future of Pokemon with this. Yeah. Um, there's one thing with, there's a, this is a minor thing because we were talking about all the different stuff they could add and like things you don't think you're going to add. And there's one small thing because it's synonymous with open world, crafting, gathering, stuff like that. Do you think there's any way they can integrate that into this game? Because it's I'm trying to struggle to think of ways to make sense. Like maybe there is just the, like the hub village only, and like you got to build it up. So over the but that doesn't necessarily mean crafting and gathering or the pokeballs. Maybe you're the first right. one. Maybe you got to build them yourself. Maybe well the the pokeballs. If you look at the official art that was on the website, they have like zippers on them. It's really <laughs> weird looking. So it, it oh, is yeah. like they are making these ancient pokeballs, and we've actually already seen that in Pokemon games. This wouldn't even be something that they'd be like new to integrate is this was in gold and silver with the apricots where you take it to the gs ball guy and then he makes the pokeballs for you so i could totally see something where you're you know picking up leaves or you know different materials and making pokeballs on the fly and so if you're out in the wild area and you're trying to catch these pokemon and you run out of pokeballs you could use the material to craft some more and then throw the pokeballs at the pokemon be interesting if even they want to go in this direction that uh the more you survey and research and get like unique crafting materials from like a certain part of the like a region or pokemon to craft pokeballs are somehow specifically better at catching a a unique type of pokemon so it's like by doing the work by like exploring this area i found so and so over here oh i've noticed stuff about its environment its habits go back it's like well if you bring me these materials i can craft a ball for whatever lore reasons we'll better have a better chance of catching that or something like that rather than doing like the standard here's you know all the standard balls are used to you might get one like this will specifically work on x pokemon here like increase your chances i don't know if that'd be a unique and interesting i'd love that yeah yeah the the other thing i was thinking about you know being in the past there's no pc system so when you catch six so when so when when you catch six pokemon what do you do do you have to go back and then like release them into like a pen or something like how is that going to work because obviously have a pokemon farm I mean, yeah. that, that was actually a game before they had a Pokemon farm game yeah. and they even have that little bit in let's go where you put them all in like the safari zone area. So I could see them doing yeah. something like that. Yeah. They'll have an NPC who's like just riding around or something. He's like, <laughs> comes by is like, Hey, yeah, here's my thing. Yeah. To call me when you need me, when you got more than six Pokemon, Yeah, I'll help you out. <laughs> yeah. That'd be cool. I think yeah. one thing too, going back to things you'd like to see in the game Uh, And you see a little bit of this in the footage. You see at one point, like someone dodge rolls. Mm -hmm. And I just think it'd be so funny if you just get like attacked by random Pokemon, like by yourself without your Pokemon, but someone like actually you run into an Ursaring or something, or um, what are some of the other like really aggressive Pokemon? What's the one like a, like a Tyranitar or something like it's like a level. And you're just walking around and you don't have any Pokemon with you. And this Tyranitar just chases you and can knock you out and send you back (laughs) to the village. I think that kind of stuff would be really interesting too. And they've never really experimented that with Pokemon before. Yeah, I mean, if this was like Xenoblade and they had like the levels above them, we would right. run into like a 
level like 99 Tyranitar like in five minutes and he just destroys us. <laughs> he just wipes you out. Yeah. Yeah. Or like you, you randomly, you know, fly into a different area and all of a sudden, oh, there's a legendary, there's Palkia and he's going to send you into the, you know, space realm or our, something. Our, oh my gosh. <laughs> our, our Pokemon players got to deal with like aggro and stuff. Like, you got successfully so. I mean, pulled that'd aggro. Be cool. Yeah. That'd be super cool. <laughs> That's amazing. Like, I'm Time assuming like you're, you're going to be running from your life from some big Pokemon, you know, yeah. assuming they or get super fun of course out. you get to the point where maybe you only have a couple of really cute pokemon and then it's up to you and your really cute pokemon to take down this wild horde of tauros or something yeah. and then when you actually manage to do it right that could be like a fun challenge in the game yeah. um and some type of accomplishment where you run in with like a piplup and you manage to take down god so that'd be cool dude <laughs> stuff like that or man because you're pointing about like like the the concept of the pokeball like what if they're pokemon you're not going to catch like catch use but like you just need to like catch them like monster hunter stuff i don't know, like right. what if they do stuff like that where well i don't think you're going to be carving up a charizard no no obviously not like to restrain a more powerful pokemon it's like sure you have zero chance of catching some pokemon but if you want to catch this yeah. area you need to subdue them and sure. so like, be awesome. them in, like a like a, a basically a jail container a cage or something temporarily yeah. and then you can go freely catch some other pokemon but it's like it's only gonna last for this long it's gonna break out eventually that, oh man yeah there's, there's i like that a lot yeah and they've got traps in Monster Hunter. I mean, that's something that they yeah, can do. Yeah, that's what I meant, yeah. traps from Monster Yeah, like Hunter. net Sorry, them up yeah. or something, and then uh, go get other stronger Pokemon, come back while they're still in the net, and then actually end up catching them. It's a great idea, yeah. Pokemon, Pokemon, Pokemon. Well, Pokemon Legends. We, I, 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 yeah, I'm curious when we'll see it next. Because like to, to kind of transition to something... Uh, not totally related to Pokemon. Because we had a Pokemon Direct. We had a Nintendo Direct. Sure. I kind of wanted to like wrap this up by getting your vibes on like nintendo in 2021 uh sure now that we've like peeked a little bit behind their curtain it seems like they're returning a little bit back to like the normal structure of announcing things like putting together more like giving us notice not no more stealth drops stuff like that right uh so do you expect them to do something around e3 now or do you think that maybe this is like a one-time thing like hey we had a lot of things aligned for this but we're gonna go back to doing like the old way I, I really don't think that's the case. I think they're going to go back to the old way for at least a little while, uh, especially when it comes to like E3 time. I think usually there's always a Pokemon Presents the week before E3. They've done this since like X and Y. They've had Pokemon announcements the week before E3. So I think that will probably be the next time that we end up seeing this game okay. and the next time that we see Diamond and Pearl. Um, and then I think probably the week after that during E3 week, but not necessarily part of E3, we'll probably have some type of Nintendo Direct. But I think the other thing to take into consideration is it was 500 days yes. from the previous Nintendo Direct to this one. It was a very, very long time. And so I think they are kind of backed up in terms of announcements. I think we've already heard rumblings. In fact, things we know from the developers themselves. We know the Kirby team is working on a game. They've already announced it. They said they're aiming for it to be like the biggest Kirby game they've ever done. You've got Monolith Soft, we know is working on a new mm. IP in addition to helping with Breath of the Wild. Retro is still working on Metroid Prime 4. NDQ, which is the team behind Super Mario Party, is working on something this year. I'd be shocked if Super Mario Party, one of the top 10 best-selling games on Switch, didn't have a sequel, probably with online multiplayer, probably this year as their big Mario spinoff game, like beyond the stuff with Mario Golf this, uh, this summer, it's probably going to be their big holiday game. So there's a lot of stuff that we know about. And even there were like the rumblings of the 2D Metroid game as well. I could totally yeah. see those things getting announced. The games that are actually going to come out this year, that are going to be late this year during whatever that E3 week is going to be. And then getting, of course, more looks at things that we already found out about this year um, that are coming out in 2022, such as this Arceus game, Splatoon, Splatoon 
surgery and uh, more stuff along those lines. Sure. Yeah, I think Nintendo is going more what they've done before. Um, you know, like I'm expecting like an indie direct coming up. Like those didn't stop. Um, yeah. Even the Pokemon directs didn't stop. No. Um, you know, they, they, they kept going. But yeah, like we know pretty much everything in, in Nintendo's lineup up until July. And then, you know, we need to know what they're doing in August, September, October. Yeah. I guess we all assume Pokemon's November, maybe December. So, you know, they, they need to reveal like their second half games. So, yeah, I, I definitely think they're going to have I – th- I think the directs are back. Um, I, I, I think it was purely a COVID reason yeah, why so the too. wait yeah. was so long. Yeah. Um, because they were still doing the partner directs. They were just smaller. I just don't think they wanted to commit to their first party games and like delay things and deal with that. They'd rather show off partner games. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm definitely expecting a direct in, in July, in, in June. And then normally we would also get one in September, September. Um, a big one yeah. in September. And then, and then in between yeah. there, we get indie directs. Sakurai presents Pokemon sure. stuff. So yeah, I, think presents, right. very I still yeah. I fully expect that at some point, either in summer, and I, this might be a separate thing, in summer or like early fall, that there's going to be some type of Zelda direct. Like I really yeah. strongly believe there's more Zelda stuff. I, I like fully 100 percent believe Wind Waker is coming to Switch. I, I fully believe before. Twilight Princess is coming to Switch. I think there will end up being a Switch version that has like gold joy cons or something beyond what we've already seen with skyward sword i'm sure there'll be something else we'll probably get a breath of the wild 2 trailer you know there's a lot of different things that they could do um and that will probably end up being its own thing similar to what we saw with mario so the reason i said fall is that's when the mario one happened that was like september so, or october uh, wasn't it yeah it that's september, correct I think. And, yeah we knew like it originally was dated for april because of like yeah. they forgot to change some stuff in their marketing materials that came out uh i only think because they dated skyward sword hd I think it will happen before Skyward Sword HD, which is in uh, oh. July, right? July. See, 16th. I kind of think that they'll focus so, on the stuff that's not June, Zelda. I think by June we have to have like the Zelda Direct. I think it's. I honestly mm. think it's happening April May. I, I think it's really? happening that soon because I don't think it wants to piggy. I don't think they want to have it too close to E3 or whatever they're doing for the summer. Their summer thing. I, mean, I could be absolutely wrong, but I, I think just add three months to when the thing was supposed to be. So February, so March, April, May. I'm like, eh, about May, maybe the beginning of May, they do the Zelda Direct. And then mm-hmm. they talk about, you know, what they're doing. And I expect to see just maybe, and I expect to see something small of Breath of the Wild 2 there. But I expect their big E3 thing, whatever they're doing, or around, who knows if they're actually going to be at E3. Just talking sure. about June, the month of June, sure. when everyone's doing their big stuff, probably that month. When Nintendo does their thing, I expect that will be if they're gonna show off Breath of the Wild, that is when it's gonna be shown up like up the gameplay, everything will be in that, and we'll get a date then, very likely. Mm-hmm. If, if that's the case, if it's coming out this year. <laughs> if not, who knows thing, when they're gonna show it off again? I don't know. I'm sure all of us are uh, in agreement too that June's gonna be another Smash character. I mean, they have been yeah. like really on a roll with these Smash yeah. reveals. There was one that was in December with Sephiroth. Now yeah. with March, we're getting Pyramithra, which I'm still, I can't even believe that's real. I'm so happy. <laughs> yeah. and, then, and then I think June is most likely going to be another one, probably around E3 time. Um, and I could totally see them announcing it in the direct and then like a week after E3 having another Sakurai Presents thing. And then that would be perfect because then they could line up the last one with the Game Awards this year. And then it's like, oh, there you go. You've got yeah. your last uh, your last characters. Yep. I've been very pleasantly surprised with how on track they've kept that. Same. Like, man, Same. Jesus, Sakurai, that uh, <laughs> needs a that needs a break. If he has not had a break, <laughs> you know, like give 
give him whatever amount of time he wants to take off. If he wants time off, let him work on whatever the heck he wants to work on next, please. I will say this, though. I'm going to make a big brain prediction right okay. now. I think there's a third challenger pack. I think we're not done because this game has sold so much. There is such a huge uh, install base. I honestly believe they're going to do another one. Right I do. And I think it's, I don't know if it's going to be like another one that's six characters or even five characters, but I think there will be another one or at the very yeah. least they'll do like standalone. Maybe they won't announce there's a challenger pack, but it'll say something along the lines like we're not done yet. There's still a couple characters coming down the pipeline. We can't announce anything just yet, but stay tuned. And I would expect to still see smash reveals through 2022 as well i know they've committed to 2021 but the game is selling so much they're obviously making so much money off of these smash packs and uh, i just i think why would they not do that you know and i could be wrong right they didn't end up doing more dlc for mario kart 8 deluxe and i fully thought they were going to do that but i also kind of feel like that's because there might be another mario kart game coming to the switch whereas smash bros we're not getting another smash brothers so why not continue to make you know characters for that yeah, I mean, if there is one, like last time we found out at the second to last character, so the next character, um, be, we'll, we'll yeah. find out. Yeah, I mean, the fact that there's three more stages left on the character select screen, and, you know, this might be just a, a website glitch, but almost every time they add a character, there's like another third row there. So who knows? Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I also, I, I want to believe that they're not done. I want to believe yeah. it. Yeah. I would though, I will clarify. I would be very happy if they are. Like if we end up with just two more, I have now oh, gotten yeah. Yeah. so Holy many crap. of my prayers yeah. answered. I truly It's never an embarrassment of riches, that roster. Yeah, it's, it's an embarrassment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like the only person coming from that crown now is like Fortnite trying to go up there like, right. hey, it worked for Master Smash Chief, Brothers. Let's just, I'm telling know. you, Master Chief finishes the fight. I'm, I'm putting money on it. Yeah. Always remember, Smash did it or bit it big first. Um, <laughs> I yeah, I, I I would not be opposed to having a third as long as like the development team's like, hey, we're good. We want to do this, you know. Bring on Volume yeah. Three. I'm, I I think it's a, the best idea is to keep this train going for as long as it can because Sakurai seemed very convinced that this is the last time something of this magnitude is happening. Like they won't be able to do yeah. the next Smash will not have a giant roster like this and a lot of crossover and characters. The other thing, too, I'm shocked they haven't really done yet, and I think this would maybe be an easy third pack, is they could easily do an Echo pack. I'm shocked there haven't been more Echoes. I think at this point they could do, like, Octolings over Inklings, and they could celebrate mm. Splatoon 3 with an Octoling. They, they could promote whatever the new Sonic game is going to be and do Shadow. I mean, there's, like, a number of characters that they can go, or yeah. Metal Sonic would be another one, too. There's a number of characters, I think, that could get Echoes, and I think Sakurai doesn't want to commit to having an Echo character be in these Challenger packs, because obviously they're bringing in stages, they're making all these characters yeah. very different, but I think it would be very odd to implement Echo Fighters and then not to do more Echo Fighters as an Echo pack. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, honestly, keep, keeping it going is the best way to go. But it'll also, be it'll just gonna make whatever comes next be also very intriguing. You know, we'll have yeah. to, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, there is another smash someday. But you know what? This train's still going. It's amazing. There, there's one small thing I wanted to like. What we actually wanted to wrap up on because I was thinking about it as we were talking, we we're talking about all these games, partner showcases, and stuff. We just had a state of play. Sony's basically Nintendo Direct just yes. happened, and uh, their style of it, you know, wasn't so much about building hype for a lot of the games, so much as like deep dives into their games. And I actually really appreciated it because almost every game they showed off, they really sold me on their consoles. I understood them. They looked very appealing. 
But obviously they did end with a bit of a banger. And while it has nothing to do with Nintendo, that's my objection here. Uh, a bunch of Final Fantasy VII announcements, uh, oh, a single one happened during the state of play. But then afterwards, Square Enix, does Final Fantasy VII Twitter account, tweeted out yep. about two additional games that are for iOS and Android only. Uh, that would be the First Soldier, which is a Final Fantasy VII Battle Royale, and Ever Crisis, which is a more traditional remaster of Final Fantasy VII in the entire compilation of Final Fantasy VII series. Uh, the way I originally thought everyone wanted a Final Fantasy VII remake to look like, <laughs> but in episodic nature. And it yeah. looks, and people drawing comparisons to Final Fantasy XV Pocket Edition with that. I am yeah. shocked that those games, I know it was a state of play, but like usually shortly after it comes out that those games are coming to other platforms. I'm going to be shocked if Ever Crisis, at least Ever Crisis, does not come to Switch. That seems there like perfectly tailored zero. for Switch. Zero. Zero. Zero oh percent God, chance. What? Zero percent chance that Ever Crisis does not come to Switch. Oh, okay, does not. Yeah. Ever like, Crisis like is for sure. I was like, what? Especially now that Cloud and Sephiroth are in Smash Brothers, yeah. there's no way they don't bring that over. Just like you mentioned, they brought Pocket Edition over. They announced it like a year later or something. There were all the rumors that FF15 was coming to Switch early on, and that ended up being Pocket Edition. There is a zero percent chance Ever Crisis does not come to Switch. I will happily eat crow three, four years from now if I'm wrong, but I'm not. I know this. I'm not wrong. That's coming to Switch. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if that's a big mobile hit, they're they're going to want to bring it to other platforms. It's just yeah. a matter of time, and I think it's going to be a big... Like, that was, like, super shocking, and it, that was just very interesting that they're going to, like, make, like, gameplay of Advent Children. Like, how yes. are they going to do that? Yeah. Um, they're doing Crisis Core, Dirge of Cerberus. Yeah. I mean, they're covering everything. Yeah, before it's Crisis, yeah. Yeah, I'm, more, I'm very happy they're doing Before Crisis because, like, yeah. that's one that, like, didn't really, like, you can't play that, really. It's like, and especially in English, it's like, thank you. Wasn't it getting, a cell phone game or something? Yeah, Japanese cell yeah. phone only games. It's like, nice. Hey, thank you. Well, you know, everyone gets yeah. to finally experience <laughs> all the games. Yeah. yeah. Are they going to make the, the anime into a game as well or no? <laughs> Maybe. I know I didn't see that one mentioned, but I was like, uh. yeah. So I just I love talking about Final Fantasy, and like I saw all these announcements. <laughs> I, I, I I'm thrilled for the PS5 version. I can't wait for the PS3 version, of, PC version. Sorry, of Final Fantasy VII remake and, of Intergrade, and you know that's going to be happening. But that opportunity was there. I was like, what? Like, okay, it's a Sony event, but then the announcements weren't part of the Sony event. I'm like. I guess it's probably because it's around the Sony event. The Sony's like, hey, don't say anything about other platforms. Or as you said, it might be a timed exclusive we just haven't found out about yet. I don't even necessarily think it's a timed exclusive. I think they might just be releasing it on phones because they think that's like the install base that they're willing to put the money into and the mm. time into. And then if they see that it's a huge success and people like it, which again, undoubtedly it will be, there's no doubt in my mind that people aren't going to play that and be like, whoa, this is really cool and different. Even if the game isn't critically, you know, um, taking everything by storm, I still think that the fans are going to end up liking it, which is why I say it's a no brainer that it's going to come to switch. And I think that's really what they're waiting for because pocket edition again, also was not announced for switch when it first came out, it was announced like what, six months or a year later or something. So I think that's probably what's going to happen with ever crisis. Yeah. Maybe, and also not sure how 15 pocket edition even sold. So maybe they got right, their data right. from that. And they're like, yeah, you might be right. Let's not commit to a switch version right. of this until we see it does pretty well on iOS, Android, something like that. Yeah, yeah. That, that's true. Sorry. All the square next stuff. It just reminded me like, uh, yeah the i mean square square puts as much as they can on switch like within reason like obviously oh, yeah. not final fantasy 15 or kingdom hearts 3 but like every hd remaster stuff that isn't coming to other platforms like they're they're trying to put as much stuff as, as they can so like if if they think it's worth it then then they'll definitely do it 
Yeah, I mean, even look at the the newer games that they're making, right? Bravely Default Two just came on Switch yeah. like yesterday. Uh, we've got uh, Triangle Neo, Strategy, the which looks amazing. Strategy. By yeah, the way, the yeah. one I just played the demo Strategy. of. Yeah. yeah. And Neo World that's with you, like you said, too. Yeah. So they're bringing everything to Switch, and clearly it's doing well for them. And yeah. again, you look at the sales numbers in Japan, it's like the install base is so huge. If it can run on it, why would you not bring it over to it? It just you know, it makes sense. Yeah, I, I agree. So I, yeah. I, I, I just I was bursting to talk about some Final Fantasy VII stuff because <laughs> I was on the Easy Allies podcast this week. We didn't like I admit, like I just wasn't able to talk as much in depth about it. And everyone else got to talk about. It. I was like, I want to talk about. It. I'm going to find a loophole how to do it. I'm like, you know, there is. A I loophole. feel like though, Ever Crisis, point, Ever Crisis should be on Switch. Final Fantasy, you know, it's becoming more and more synonymous with Nintendo systems. Like obviously, it was away from it for a while, uh, but now like with Cloud and Sephiroth being in Smash, with them porting over all the older games, a lot of the side games coming over, it just, you could tell that Square is now happy on the system and it's not like they're gonna suddenly develop part two of Remake for Switch, oh, yeah. but it is yeah. the kind of thing where they do want to still appease Final Fantasy fans that have a Switch. And I think that they could acknowledge that the Switch is really great as like a secondary platform for a lot of people who almost everybody who has a PS5 at this point, especially because nobody has a PS5, almost everybody has a PS5 most likely also has a Switch. And I think they know that. And I think, you know, moving forward, they're going to do that with a lot of their projects. So, yeah, like we know, like the next Dragon Quest is in development. I'm sure that's coming right. to Switch, too. It no has doubt to. About it. Yeah. It, it has to. Um, yeah, like they have their teams that want to push the boundaries of graphics. That's what Final Fantasy 16 is. Right. Um, exactly. You know, they have, but, but then they also have the remaster teams. And then, you know, the, t the t basically, you know, their platforms have been, it's been PS4, Switch, PC, like for a lot yeah. of their games. Like that's been their combo. Um, you know, and I, I don't see that ending anytime soon yeah uh, either you selfie might know this i'll tell you and i don't want to look it up real quick uh, i can uh the near replicant version that's not coming to switch is it right it's no not. i don't think so oh, no another, it should but it's I not mean, yeah it's not I, when it I should i'm still i am championing Actually, i've said yeah, this on twitter the, so many times near yeah. automata put that on switch put 2b in smash bros please yeah we, this I, has been the girl I kept hearing so many rumors about this. that we being got, like, oh, my source told me it's happening. It's like it still hasn't happened. I was like, it has yeah, happened. I mean, yeah, it feels like every single Nintendo Direct, Square has some number of surprises that they reveal. Um, like for the last Nintendo Direct, I thought they'd have one, but they actually revealed like two things. They had, you know, the Legend of Mana remaster and Project yep. uh, Triangle yeah. Strategy. Yep. Like, like they have a big presence in all of these Nintendo Directs almost. Yeah, it's very true. All right, before we go down to too deep down the rabbit hole, <laughs> it's, uh, like uh, just want to indulge just a little bit. But yes, that was a uh, that was a very fun talk with both of you. Absolutely, um, I think you. Yeah, as I said, I, I feel much more enthusiastic about, uh, especially like legends. It's like I, I had so many reservations about like seeing it. I'm like, this is Game Freak. They're never going to be able to pull this off. Like, but then it's like, you know what, man? You know, there's always a first time for everything. And then like the the lore concepts. I'm not as heavily invested in Pokemon lore, but your theories are pretty sound about and made sense to me about why they would go in this direction and the possibilities it opens up the franchise now to do having like as you said, Roger, uh, a, a remaster update coming out a let's go update for like introducing new people and then this one for where we can explore the past so we're not we're not beholden to like some of the restrictions that are placed on like the mainline entries and you know it does make a lot of sense and from both a creative and business standpoint so 
I feel very enlightened by this conversation, I should say, is what I'm trying to thank you for. So th thank you to both of you and, and to you, Stealth, as well, for, for joining me uh, on this episode of Friend Code. I think that's going to be it, unless there's something burning. We didn't yeah. say about Pokemon that I missed, so this is your chance. Well, just going back, to, oh, going back to Diamond and Pearl real quick, there was just something I wanted to ask you, because you brought up at the very beginning that that mm -hmm. was like the thing you have a lot of nostalgia for. It was one of the first things you did for game trailers. So I'm wondering, like, are you excited to go back oh, to Diamond and Pearl? That one, I'm, uh, I, they didn't need to really sell me on that one. Like, I was like, oh, okay. yeah, I want to I experience this again, because it'll be neat. Cool. This is going to be my first Pokemon. I get to play the, uh, I played originally when it came out in timely fashion, and then I get to play the remaster, a remake of it. I'm like, yay, this is going to be fun. I want to have that Pokemon experience. So, is yeah. Is there anything in particular for from uh, like the original Diamond and Pearl that you can't wait to see in HD? I mean, uh, so it's funny that you keep saying like HD and stuff. I know it's technically going to be like 720 or 1080, but to me, it just looks like uh, uh, they took like the visuals and updated them. It's not as cutting edge looking as I think. So whenever I hear people say HD, I was like, eh, okay, yeah, I guess it's technically HD. <laughs> um, man, no, the, like whoever, whichever one I'm going to go with, like getting the, like in the first legendary encounter, like that one, it was like, because it was my first legendary encounter and that situation, like the, how grand they made it feel. I was like, whoa, what is going on? here we're breaking from this formula to go do that i was like oh man this is gonna be so good and also yeah because i also played through platinum i'd like to see if you know the plat how they're going to integrate platinum content in there and you know just having that like kind of new twist on it i like that about going to older games where they change something like not drastically but just enough that like you can't play with the like i can't play this blindfolded no i actually gotta pay it's nice those little little bumps in the road they throw at you like tales of Vesperia, the ps3 version did that for uh it wasn't just adding patty into it i remember importing it uh actually i in, by importing i was literally in japan when it came out and actually got to buy it in a store and brought it back with me but there's a part of a quest that you go to this cave to encounter i forget what their name is uh like a, a spirit a deity spirit you have to go to and they change how you access it in the ps3 version because patty's in your party and you have to do something first with her before you can go do that and i was like wait a second you're supposed to do this now why is this not working and i don't know japanese so i'm like i had to go look it up like wait a second why is this different so stuff like that i love i i I love having that like that new blood infused into it so um yeah i'm gonna take my time with that game and like enjoy it and stuff and even yeah even if legends doesn't like do well it's like now i know in my timeline going forward all the pokemon games i played at first are gonna get like remakes and i'm like oh yeah this is my turn to have some fun here <laughs> <laughs> for sure um was there anything else or ready to, okay i don't know sometimes roger you have like that last minute thought and it's like so we're oh, talking no, about fire because <laughs> stealth and i were talking about it and i was like we actually didn't hear like whether or not you were excited for diamond and pearl so. oh okay i yeah. see you I just see. mentioned that you like did the game trailers thing for it but you didn't actually say if you were excited to play it oh yeah yeah definitely for sure now i i haven't played diamond and pearl in a very long time this was the one with uh I, I don't want to say a very significant bike section where you, you get the bike pretty early on. I, I might be remembering incorrectly, but I feel like there's a, a, a big bike road. Um, in probably, I mean, there's almost always a cycling yeah. road. Yeah. I'm trying to but, think, uh, where is the cycling road? I think it's above the area where you get Garchomp for the first time. Or Gibble, yeah, it's not even Garchomp. Were you saying yeah. like, it just lasted too long yeah, yeah. or something? Or that it was like tedious or something? I didn't, like, what did you, or, I didn't understand what you were implying with that self. No, I'm just interested in seeing it in HD, oh, like yeah, uh, awesome. riding the bike. Yeah. yeah, there was like I thought there, yeah, there was like that the, the multiple lane thing or whatever. It was like a huge section of it. I just don't remember where it yeah. was, and I, I just I remember am... it being 
intense. I, I am real curious too what they're going to do with Pokemon distribution because uh, Diamond and Pearl are notorious for having a very strange Pokedex where there's a guy who is the fire type Elite Four member who has two fire types on his team because there were only two fire types that were introduced in the game at that point. Uh, and so I, I'm wondering if they're going to maybe change some of that up or if they're going to bring anything from the other Pokedexes into this one or if it's oh, just yeah. going to be like one-to-one. Um, like some of the other future evolutions or maybe mega evolution, if they're going to bring that back. Uh, we still haven't seen anything about contests, which obviously contests were a huge part of Diamond and Pearl, just like they were in Oris, and they brought contests back for that. So I'm assuming they'll bring it back for this. And if that's the case, are we going to get cute little outfits for our Piplups and Turtwigs and Chimchars? Like that'll be really cool to see. Oh, so um, yeah, there's just, there's a lot of really neat side stuff in Diamond and Pearl that people forget about that I think will be really, really cool to see in this new remake. Just made me remember I, I missed out on the what was it, the let's go the, the Pikachu outfits the ones they did like right. the hat I I was like literally the last day I got the tweet saying is your last day I want to go do it and then like something from work distracted me and time expired I was like no I didn't oh go. no I, that's the one thing I do I I've always liked Pikachu I know it's like the obvious one P P Pikachu and Mew for me are like just because they're like cute and adorable looking and anything to do with Pikachu. I don't, like I care more about Pikachu and like superficial stuff with Pikachu than I do about playing the Pokemon game sometimes. <laughs> it's like, cause it's like evokes the same feelings. Like when I look at my cats and stuff, it's just like cute and cuddly and stuff. And I'm just, you did know. you like let's go Pikachu then? Cause that so, yeah, so I, actually, so I reviewed let's go Pikachu for, for easy allies. I, I actually like that a lot. Yeah. I, I was like, had some reservations going in like, Oh no, it's, it, uh, it's gonna be too simple. It's gonna be too easy. And like you know what? It's like simple pleasures. The game. I was like you know, and I understand. And I see who this is made for. And you know what? I think this works really well for its intended audience. And yeah. so, uh, and it did introduce a lot of new things. I was like, I think these have to be staples going forward. Some of the stuff they've introduced in here. Otherwise, I'm gonna be a little disappointed. They keep this to like let's go Pikachu Eevee or whatever that's let let's go might be if they do another one. Like they should really introduce some of this stuff to the other mainline games. So yeah, I liked it. I know there were some people a little disappointed by it, but maybe it's because I'm not so invested in Gen One, Gen Two, you know, Gen Three. Yeah, the, the, those those games were a nice stroll down memory lane for me. Seeing Palatown again, you know, just just seeing all these places like that I hadn't like I think I I played Fire Red on the GBA, but that was a very long time ago. Um, so it was just nice seeing all the all those locations again. But yeah, that uh, I, I liked them, and they sold it insanely well so absolutely yeah <laughs> i'm sure they'll do another one someday <laughs> yeah good question i've never played the fire leaf uh fire uh, the leaf yeah. grass one remakes is there any like value in doing those ones at this point there either they, they actually add like a whole island system like there's a, a good amount of new content in there okay that's yeah. only in that and never been... only in that one okay yeah All they right. never brought back the sevy islands and anything else okay yeah. I mean, I'll need to give that a try. I've always like missed out on it. And then like, because you know, they, they, they've moved on it's like, Oh, I don't know if there's really a reason. So yeah, I'll, I'll keep that in mind. Well, I think that's going to do it for this episode of friend code. Uh, um, you might've noticed there were no Q and a for this episode. That's because uh, we had to record this a little bit earlier. We're recording this on a Sunday, the very beginning of the week, uh, just because the timing and schedules I wanted to make this episode really work. I also want to record it, sorry, record it as soon as possible after the, the, the Pokemon Direct and not wait an additional week after. So uh, next time we will be talking about uh, barring any major new revelations uh, the Sakurai presents on Mithra and Pyra. 
Uh, we're going to be doing a deep dive into that episode. So if you're a $5 and up, yeah, there's the cool sword. Yeah. If you're $5 on that patron, uh, you can submit questions for consideration for that episode of Friend Code. Also, as a $5 and up patron, you get access to this podcast or other podcasts and several other shows a little bit early. Um, otherwise, for everyone else, thank you for watching them when they go up public on Fridays. Uh, we also got some shout outs for the month of February. This is the very end. We're on the cusp, the borderline here. These are our $200 and up patrons. These are the, 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 the biggest of the big here, man. They get the shout outs. So shout outs to Elthanis, Greg the Dark Knight Kettering, Caleb Togi Crawford, Nick Stephen Thomason and Dougie B. Shout out. Thank you so much. And if you're interested in becoming a, a new member of our shout outs here, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash easy allies. Uh, it's this week. You got to get in this week. Like the payments are being pressed right now. Otherwise, just try and get in a little bit before the end of the month. Thank you so much for your support, though. Both of you, thank you so much for joining me and sharing your love of Pokemon with me. I imagine both of you, what, what, do you have anything you got going on you want to talk about before we wrap up here? And anywhere, anywhere uh, we want to let our viewers and listeners know where they can follow you if they want to get more of your awesome insight into Pokemon and JRPGs in general. Go follow Stealth on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, you are the JRPG person. Every time I log on, I expect to see something from you every single time. <laughs> yeah, I've been freaking out a lot. I've been freaking out a lot lately about them. That's just the way I am. Yeah, I played bravely default two for 15 hours this weekend whoa geez i haven't started yet. Oh, i just man. downloaded it <laughs> I haven't gone yeah i literally played the first hour and a half on stream and then i said i'm gonna i'm gonna hold off a little bit i want to take my time with it there's no hold off in me i <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'll be very curious to hear your thoughts because i know uh Ben Moore is playing it for review for us. I saw that article go up that talked about how broken you can play the game and stuff. I am always imagine with like these types of games, yeah. you can find a broken oh, sure. build and stuff like that. But it's like, I'm trying not to read that because I don't want like, no, I don't want to know yeah. about it because then I'm going to be tempted to start doing that. Please no. Uh, but I mean, I played through the original demo of that game, man. It was, it's what sold me on it. I was like, you know what? This seems like a, just a nice traditional style JRPG. And I can always use a good one of those every now and then for sure. So yeah, yeah look, if you're, for those of you looking for a review, Ben's working on it. I'll be on a little bit. We didn't, we don't get early copies from Nintendo anymore. So we have to wait to release stay to get the game and then jump into it. So, you know, it, it, it'll be worth the wait. So look forward to it. But yeah, thank you both of you for joining me. Um, always a pleasure. And until next time, may the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. Thank you.